Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's top agent is Benjamin Beaver with Coal Banker in San Angelo, Texas. Last year, he closed 194 transactions with a total sales volume of $36 million. His average sales price was $189,000, of which 45% were buyers and 55% were sellers. He has a four-member team, two licensed assistants, one administrative assistant, and one team leader. Benjamin Beaver is the team leader of the Benjamin Beaver team. He's been an agent for five years and sold almost 800 homes in his short career. In this call, Benjamin talks about selling 36 homes his first year and being named Rookie of the Year for Cowell Banker nationally, describing specifically what he did that first year to generate leads in business, why he avoided traditional cold call prospecting, lead generating with creative humorous marketing and social media engagement, sharing some of his unconventional slogans that built his brand, succeeding in a big, small-town market, why his biggest lead source is boosting posts of video house tours on Facebook, how to create a professional-looking video house tour, how long it should be, what should be in it, and what to avoid, specific details about what text to include in your Facebook post, how to get engagement with likes, tags, shares, and comments, why you should comment on your first post and which links you should include. How to use demographic targeting to lower your Facebook boosted post cost and increase the views by potential buyers of the property you're promoting. Creating educational videos to build your brand. How to host your own YouTube channel to organize and promote your videos. Being available for quick response to your leads and clients. How he negotiated all 194 transactions last year. Paying licensed agents to show your buyers homes when you can't. Achieving huge results without a formal CRM. Team dynamics, compensation, profit margins, and more. First, a quick word from our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Benjamin. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, Benjamin. It's great to have you. Benjamin, before we talk about what you're doing today, Let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. Before I was in real estate, I was actually a firefighter paramedic. I did that for four years, and I know that's kind of an interesting, that's kind of an interesting uh, transition. But it, it's 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 a little bit more obvious when you learn. I uh, I got into firefighting because I hear these guys uh, they work 24 hour shifts. So you, you only work two or three days a week and you get, you know, you know, uh, average of more than 40 hours. So you end up with about 20 days off every month. I wanted to get into real estate. I was thinking I'd be this real estate investor guy. That was the plan. So 
uh, I got that job and I started remodeling houses and kind of acquiring rental properties and um, never thought I would do it for too long. And I did that for about four years before I um, got my real estate license. And, uh, and then in the process, even though I had said I would never be a real estate agent, I've said lots of things like that that have been totally <laughs> wrong. Uh, after, shortly after getting my license and shortly after the birth of my third uh, child, we, I quit and went full-time into real estate. When did you actually get that license? Did you get it during those four years that you were a firefighter? Yeah, at the end. Um, I, uh, I tend to be a little bit uh, excited and impulsive about new things. And uh, I really wasn't planning to get my license for that long. I think I was uh, talking to my mother-in-law one day and, and she was like, you know, I, I want to be a real estate agent. You should become a broker and I can work for you. And I'm like, hey, that sounds interesting. How do you do that? So shortly after looking into that, I, um, I started thinking about real estate even though I had said I would never be an agent, just because my perception of the way you had to go about the business, you know, uh, really, really making uh, a lot of effort on contacting people, you know, regularly soliciting business, which are actually models that work really well for some people. I just knew that wasn't going to work well for me. And, uh, and for that reason, I thought uh, I would never enjoy doing real estate as an agent, but I thought, well, maybe I'll get my license and I'll, you know, I was buying a house or two a year at that time. I was like, well, maybe I'll, I'll get my license and I'll just represent myself. But as I started looking into it more, um, I started thinking, uh, you know, I had, I had been, I, I had just a few rental properties, really not very many at all. Uh, but I had, I had really gotten into branding them with their own little rental brand, you know, I had a little logo, I had a little, you know, website and I, would do these goofy little promotions. And in hindsight, I'm looking back, I was like, I really loved marketing. Even though all my units were occupied, I still spent a lot of time branding. And I don't know why I was doing that. It was a complete waste of time. <laughs> but it was that kind of like m mindset where I was thinking, you know, maybe I could do real estate a little bit differently. And, uh, and maybe it wouldn't have to be this uh, more traditional approach that I had in my mind. And once it clicked that I might actually enjoy this and that I could try a different approach, I was, I was all in. So I got my license at the end of 2011. And, and so really my, my first closing was, I think, January of, of 12. And, um, and I, was, I was all in from that point. I, I put my two weeks notice in at the fire department, which, you know, my wife was really nervous about. I was probably too ignorant to be nervous I was just excited. Looking back now, I feel like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. How did I, why did I do that? That was nuts. But I was, I was really excited about it and, uh, and we just went all in. How did it go? How did that first year go? Was it a fast start or a slow start? Uh, it, it went really well. Um, yeah, amazingly, it, uh, that, that year I was the, the rookie of the year for Coldwell Banker National uh, for units sold. So that's really not, it, it wasn't a, it was not a large amount of units. I think it was something, I think it was like maybe 36. It wasn't, but you know, for, for a first timer, it was, it was good. And I didn't necessarily at that time feel like it was just going like amazing, but I felt like it was going, it was going well and it was surprisingly consistent, um, you know, more so than, than I thought. I had a pretty low goal in my mind. I was like, I really just need to make this much to replace you know, what I was doing at the fire department. 
And honestly, that number I had in my mind probably needed to be larger because I wasn't doing a good job at that time of factoring in all the expenses of being in business, which there are lots of them, especially when you're getting started. But uh, even though I probably wasn't thinking about that just right, it ended up working out. Um, and that ended up being a, a, a good year, and and it really blew up from there. Thirty six closings the first year. That's that's pretty phenomenal. That's a really strong start. Do you recall what you were doing that first year to generate those thirty six closings? What kind of things were you doing to get that quick start? Okay, yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I wasn't doing, which is what my broker at the time, very successful guy. He had, uh, he had been one of the few, really, the, he was the only broker in my city, which I, li- I live in San Angelo, Texas, city about uh, 100,000 people in the middle of nowhere, really, we're, we're kind of an anomaly. We're not, uh, you know, uh, we're not a suburb of a larger city. We're not on an interstate, yet we're a pretty big, small town, if you put it that way. It's, it's pretty unique landscape. He was the only broker in our area to actually make his living from owning real estate companies and not from, you know, as most of the other uh, companies do is like the top agent is happens to also be the broker. And that's the model. He was different and that he had, he had really succeeded. So he had done well. So his advice was good, but his advice was, here's what you need to do. You need to call your sphere of influence constantly. You need to always have what he called the magic question ready, which is who do you know that needs to buy or sell real estate in the next, you know, two months. And it was all about that kind of uh, very consistent prospecting, which is a pillar of success for a lot of agents I know. It, it was for him. So that's a good method. But for me, oh, that just felt like, no, that just felt like death. I was like, I can't do that. I don't, I don't, I, I remember trying it one day because I was probably two weeks into having quit my job and thinking, okay, if I don't sell any houses, I don't make any money. I need to, I need to, I need to get after this. And, and I was thinking, uh, okay, I'll, I'll try this, you know, uh, and I, I remember like making one or two calls, just like got, got my little database of people I know. And, uh, I remember on, it just was so awkward for me and it, it really, it really was not something I wanted to do. And I thought, you know, I know this works and probably for some people it comes more naturally or it's, you know, worth kind of persevering and just figuring that out. But for me, I was like, you know, I, if this is, if this is the career, if this is the model, if this is what I have to do every week, I don't want to do it. So I'm going to try something different. So my something different was uh, I've had some pretty, uh, I guess, unusual marketing tactics uh, that began my first year. Um, Just some kind of memorable branding type things that, um, that definitely, helped me my first year. I think it also helped a little bit that I had spent a couple years working with investment properties. So I, I did have a little bit of knowledge in that. I was by no means an expert, but I, I at least knew at least my method of how to evaluate uh, a potential rental or investment property. Um, you know, uh, not knowing near as much as I know now, but uh, knowing enough that I felt comfortable with it. And so I think my first transaction was helping uh, a firefighter that I had worked with, helping him buy his uh, an investment property. And then from there, you know, I, I did the I did the thing where you mail out magnets to people. You know, I had some pretty goofy uh, slogans that I was using, and um, and I got I got pretty heavily mocked for the first billboard that I put up. But that ended up being 
part of the uh, success story because um, some of those unconventional like slogans that I was using ended up getting a lot of people talking. And I don't know if it has to do, you know, if it's different in that, you know, like I said, San Angelo is a city of about a hundred thousand people. It's that's, that's about the size that we are. And I don't know if I would have had similar success in cities of smaller, larger sizes, but that was a big part of it. Can you share with us, or do you recall some of the slogans that you were using early on that were getting you noticed? Yeah, so the first billboard I did, I remember, I remember talking to uh, you know a friend of mine at the time and thinking, and I was joking to, with him, and I said, you know, I'm just going to put up a billboard that says, "I'll sell your house or die trying," and uh, and he thought that was funny, and and so he started laughing. So I thought, well, what if I did do that? You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? I don't have a reputation I need to protect at this time. <laughs> you know, so I went ahead and I went ahead and put one up of just me standing there, uh, you know, in a suit, sleeves rolled up, and it just said, "I'll sell your house or die trying." And that was that was pretty unconventional at that time. It got uh, a lot of people talking. I was thinking, hey, you know, this billboard's going to cost you know X amount each month. If I sell a house a month, I'll pay for it. I, I assumed people would just see the billboard and just start calling me. Uh, I was naive because that's not that's not how it works. And anyone who's advertised with billboards knows that's it's a long term branding strategy. It's you're not just going to start getting random people calling you, which I figured it out. I figured that part out, but um, I've kept them as a part of my uh, strategy because it did get a lot of people talking. You know, it was memorable. People, I think, slowly started to associate me with real estate. You know, maybe people that had known me in other ways or um, or just the random general public uh, because it, it wasn't just another sign of a smiley face that says sold. It was something different. Um, the next one I did had me and I just made this one like I didn't have a media team at that point in time like I do now, but uh, I just made it myself like I think with my with my phone, I took a picture and and put in like a, it was me with a spatula standing there in this grill that's completely on fire, like flame, huge flames. And it said, I just barbecued your excuses. It's time to buy a house. And that was another one that <laughs> really got a lot of people talking. Oh, but going back, the first one, the I'll sell your house or die trying one, someone took a picture of that and sent it into the Today Show for their you know, outrageous pictures from across the nation segment, which I wasn't, you know, familiar with at all until one day when I get all these phone calls, like, Hey, I just saw you on the today show. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Uh, but sure enough, they showed it on there and just dialogued about it for, you know, a few seconds. It wasn't a real long thing, but I, I mean, it for sure clicked in my mind. like, okay, I'm onto something here. You know, uh, you know, maybe it's not always completely, you know, purely positive, but I'm on to, I'm on to something. So it's been a part of my strategy from from the first year to kind of market in a way that stays in people's minds. How many billboards do you have today? I think I just have um, one or two uh, that rotate around the city. And it's not, I, I wouldn't call it like the pillar of my strategy at this point in time, but it is something I still do. I have some different, you know, slogans now on those that kind of just rotate around 
but you know billboards are are another thing it's it's very unique to your you know local market here they're not that expensive to do but also you know they're more expensive in places that have higher traffic but it's something that i have kept as part of my strategy so at any given time there'll be one or two up somewhere around the city you mentioned back in that first year that one of the things you did was you sent out magnets to your sphere of influence. What type of magnets? It, it was I had I had one that said "I'll sell your house or die trying." The same ad I put on the billboard, and that was like a little graphic. I just made it myself. Like it was not it was not well done, <laughs> but uh, and that was one of them. And the other one said "I'll see you at closing," and uh, and it was is the same the same design. One thing I had done that year is, uh, and I, embarrassingly, I still see those on people's refrigerators. And I'm like, so embarrassed about that photo <laughs> now, because I was fresh out of the fire department. I still had a shaved head. Cause at that point in time, I thought, I don't care. I'm already married. Uh, I don't need to make an effort on my appearance <laughs> because, because the shaved head works for some people. It does not work for me. And it doesn't work for me at all. It's horrible. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't making like an effort with my image at that point in time. So, I mean, I was straight out of that. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's still embarrassing for me when I see those magnets, I, I need to send out like a new one, but I never have. I like how you got started with where you were. You said it wasn't fancy. You just got started. You took a lot of action. I'd like to stay on that just for another couple minutes because we have a lot of people listening who are in that first year. You did 36 transactions. What other kind of things did you do? You sent out the magnets. You had billboards. You must have done something else to generate those leads. Yeah, you know, um, I found I found a lot of engagement on social media uh, pretty much right away. Um, you know, like when I was working on those slogans or you know campaigns or whatever. It was it was I, it's not something I do anymore, but I used to kind of weigh in and weigh in with people online, you know, on Facebook for instance, and say here's the different you know ads I'm thinking of, and people would vote on which ones they liked the most. And, uh, and I got a lot of engagement with that. Um, when I was, when I was first starting and now, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit. I'm sure Facebook is a huge part of my, you know, business platform, something I spend a lot of my marketing budget on, uh, in a little bit different way. But in the beginning I had, I had a lot of engagement with it, even that first year and, in just doing the kind of things, uh, that people would, you know, enjoy engaging with, you know, some of, some of the slogans that I used were, you know, uh, they were all goofy. They were all like that. I'll sell your house or die trying. I'll see you at closing. I, I even think I had one at that point in time, you know, Benjamin Beaver eats lunch for breakfast, which is still an, uh, one of the taglines I use. <laughs> uh, I, I had a few different ones at that point. And I, you know, would put up the different images. People would weigh in, comment, and and that just that started just kind of. I think looking back in hindsight, people started to associate me with real estate, which is what you want. I mean, real estate is a, is a people business. You know, um, that's that's always what it is. That's going to attract someone. They want to feel like they can relate to you. You know, whether you're going to help them buy something or sell something. I, it was during that first year that I also got into video. Um, so I did not have very many listings, especially in the first part of the year, but I, uh, I, I started doing video with those, um, right away. 
and just had some different kind of ways of trying to engage with people online. But the point wasn't, I never wanted to come across as asking someone to do me a favor. It was more about, you know, it was maybe more subtle than that and that, uh, you know, I'm getting people choosing to engage with this content, but the, at the end of the day, they, they walk away remembering that, Oh, that's the, that's the real estate guy. You know, that's Benjamin Beaver. He does real estate. So when people did want to, you know, think about buying a house or maybe even selling, they might think of me. So I didn't get near as many seller leads then as I do now, but, um, but it's, it started going that direction. And I think there was part of that, you know, really, um, you know, my, 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 my branding wasn't yet professional in my first year, especially first half of my first year, but uh, I did invest some money in getting it out there and maybe appearing a little bit more successful than I was. Um, and I think that had to also have been part of, um, you know, people that are calling me, they don't know how much, you know, volume I've done or anything like that, but they, they assume probably that I knew more than I did at the point in time when they contacted me, but you know, then you learn by doing it. So in that first year, the 36 closings were the majority of those coming from your sphere of influence, people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The first year, the first year they were, and that's changed a lot as I've, as I've gone on to where it's amazing now how much business I do with people I had no prior contact with. But in my first year, uh, it was, it was, it was definitely, uh, you know, being able to capitalize on people that knew me in some way or another, and now associating me with real estate. And if I could try to sum up that first year, it sounds like you didn't want to prospect, you didn't want to make calls, you didn't want to ask for business directly. And so instead, you went the marketing route and you put information out in front of people that let them know you were in the business and you were ready to work with them and you drew the calls in from them. Is that correct? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, my model from the beginning has has, has not really had anything to do with what we might call direct solicitation, you know, where I'm directly either contacting someone or sending them something, asking them for business, which is not a bad model. Like I'm, I definitely don't want to uh, say that it is, but it, it wasn't the model that I wanted to take. And, you know, one of my pieces of advice for anyone in real estate is find a way to do it that is congruent with who you are and that you enjoy, you know, because you enjoying what you do, this being a people business is what will attract people to want to work with you. Well, Benjamin, let's fill in some of the gaps for people. How long have you been in the business? I am uh, on the home stretch of my fifth full year. So really uh, got my license at the end of 11. 12 was my first year in. And, um, and you know, this being 16 will be the end of my, end of my fifth year. How many homes did you sell last year? Uh, 194 units last year. Do you recall the volume? Uh, the volume last year, uh, $36.8 million. Benjamin, you were starting to tell us about where you're at, and you're in San Angelo, Texas. You mentioned it's this isolated area with about 100,000 people. You're not a satellite or a suburb of anyone else. You're, you're a big, small town. Could you kind of give us some, a, a big picture of where that is in Texas? People are listening from all over the country and the world. Where in Texas is that? 
Sure. Yeah. So San Angelo is, we call it West Central Texas. So you kind of picture Central Texas and we're to the West of that. We're not truly like West Texas, like, you know, Sanderson or Alpine or, or El Paso or anything like that. We're, we're in the central area of Texas, but um, a little bit on the West side, we're about three hours um, Northwest of San Antonio, about three hours, mostly West, but Northwest of Austin. Um, so, you know, we can get to some of these more recognizable cities, you know, without driving too far, you know, we're about two hours from Midland, about 90 minutes from Abilene. Um, if anyone's familiar with those places, uh, and those are, you know, Abilene's a similar size town. Abilene's on I-20. We are not on an interstate. And I do think that has played a part in shaping kind of the uniqueness of, of this city. We have a, um, uh, an Air Force base. We have Angelo State University. Um, and so those are some of the things that draw people to this area, although we're not, you know, a traditional military town or a college town. We have a pretty diverse economy, uh, really very unique, I think, in the Texas and maybe even American landscape. Could you please describe your current real estate market? Our market here, average price, like the most you know, uh, homes that are going to sell are going to be in the 150 to 250 price range. You know, you could probably say somewhere around $200,000 may be our average sale. We do not have a big high-end market here. You know, homes over a million dollars are pretty rare, you know, to be listed. Those usually have a much longer time on the market because there's a narrower percentage of buyers for those. The majority of San Angelo's economy are people buying homes in the, you know, 150 to 250 range. And average time on the market right now uh, for that price range, probably about um, four to five months. In the past, it's been probably three to four months. We are a little bit flat right now. For the last uh, 18 months, we've been pretty flat. Our area was affected um, in the beginning of 2013 by uh, some oil activity in the Klein Shale that is between San Angelo and Abilene. Um, and, and that was, that was, uh, oil became one of those many economic factors, although oil's never been like a big factor, uh, besides back in the twenties in San Angelo, it's not one of the main driving forces here, like it is in a place like Midland, but we did, we did, um, get on an uptrend for a couple of years. And that was one of the main factors that really slowed down a lot. And it didn't, it didn't drastically immediately change our market, you know, like it did in a place like Midland or other oil driven cities, but it has played a factor in our market really flattening out. Not a lot of appreciation and home values in the last 18 months. So that's part of what we're navigating right now. Do you have a, a niche or a specialization in your market? Not really. And I think that's another part of, you know, uh, being in a city, the size we really do everything, you know, uh, with that said, I mean, I'm, I'm residential. I mean, residential homes is for sure where most of my volume comes from. Although I do occasionally work on commercial properties. I've always got, you know, a few of those going at a time, occasionally work on a, you know, a ranch type property, but the vast majority is going to be, you know, residential, but not necessarily specializing in any certain, you know, area or subdivision because uh, of the size of the city, that wouldn't really make sense. 
What do you think is the, the number one way that you're currently generating leads in business? If I had to say it, honestly, uh, it's, it's Facebook. I mean, there, there are other ways. Um, that's just the most open engagement platform out there right now, in my opinion. Uh, and that's something that has really just yielded huge returns in, in my marketing. And it's, it's been a very consistent source of leads and engagement um, that I think works in probably a threefold way. And there are other, you know, there are other things as well. But the biggest one, I, I would say, is probably Facebook. Let's talk about what you're doing with Facebook. Get very specific for us. Tell us exactly what you're doing to get all that lead generation. Okay, so um, something I started back in 2012, I, I was out shooting a property with, uh, you know, maybe the first few listings I had, I, I did what most agents around here do, which is I just took the pictures myself, which, you know, may be normal in some markets and very abnormal in other markets here. That was the norm. But I was terrible at taking pictures. And uh, I had a photographer friend uh, who was also a graphic designer say, hey, you know, I could I could take way better photos than what people are used to around here. I was like, that's great. Let's let's do it. And we took along um, uh a guy named Logan, who at that time was the videographer uh, at the college working for them and also going to school. And, um, and he shot a video of the house, which was a brand new thing here. I think that had been done in other places, but here that was like completely unheard of. Uh, so we made like a YouTube video and, uh, really had a lot of success with it. It was amazing the difference in the pictures, which most agents who are in a market where professional photography is the norm is they already know and understand that but here that was completely new and still in most places uh video the way we do it is still new like it doesn't really exist uh, there are uh there are different ways to make a video you know whether it's a collage of pictures or something like that but the way we kind of developed doing it which starting back in 2012 is, is a huge pillar of my marketing platform. And it's still not really a common thing uh, in other markets, as far as I can tell. Uh, so he would actually, we actually started doing like walkthrough videos of the house. Now they use equipment like a slider, you know, even, even drones and, and things like that, which is just recently the FAA has allowed that. Um, but we, at that time, at that listing back in, I think June or July of, 12, which is my first year, we're like, Hey, you know, you guys should, I was telling them, you guys should start a company and I'll use you on all of my listings, which at that point in time, wasn't going to be a huge promise, you know, but, uh, I, I told them, I think it'd be valuable. And they, they liked the idea, but didn't really know what to do or how to start a business. So we all went in together and formed a little, uh, media company that is still up and running. It's what they do full time now. Uh, and what, that media company originally started out doing was just professional photos and video of real estate listings. And it's that content that I use right now, primarily on my Facebook page. And, you know, we put it on YouTube. We'll link it to our listings. You know, you can find these videos and obviously the pictures at different places online, but, um, but I'll, I'll promote them on my Facebook page and I will boost the posts to, you know, you can do specific, um, you know, targeting specific demographics or 
you know, locations. Uh, you can spend different, you know, however much you really want to spend on promoting those. And that's a big part of, of what I do. You mentioned that you're doing photographs and video. Let's separate those for a second. When you do photographs of a home, what are the keys to making sure that those photographs come out looking great? And what rooms do you like to focus on? Yeah, I think this is something that's definitely more, you know, widely known. I I don't really feel like this is like new information for anyone. I I think at this point, but, uh, you know, the main thing is, is having a professional do it. Someone who actually knows how to take good pictures. Cause Hey, I mean, as good a camera as I could buy, I, I am not going to use it well, like someone who really knows what they're doing. I mean, you know, it's the same thing as us agents, you know, working with someone who, you know, we, 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 we would rather someone work with us than do it for sale by owner. And we would have, you know, reasons for believing that we can really, uh, you know, earn our value in that. And it's the same thing with, you know, whether agents are still taking their own pictures or using a professional because it's so important. This is the content you have to market the home in this day and age. Most buyers today are looking online long before they ever talk to us. You know, they're, they're, they're more educated now, they're more informed, and they're able to be more picky on what they want. And if your listing does not have high-quality images then, I mean, you're really, you're really doing a subpar job for your seller um, because it's amazing the difference what a good lens, camera, someone who knows how to use it, lighting uh, can do to, uh, to really make a house shine. So uh, as far as the photography, um, you know, and it, 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 that's the thing, I don't know like a lot about it personally, uh, except I think the I think the lens they use is maybe a 50 millimeter, although I don't even quote me on that. Really, the get a professional and and someone that can use a lens that can capture a lot of the room. You know, for instance, you can tell a huge difference on someone who takes the photos of a small bathroom by themselves versus someone who uses a real good quality lens because you can actually see the whole room in the picture rather than just the corner. Same thing for same thing for other rooms too, but it's especially evident in small rooms. Um, and, and, and so, you know, the main things, obviously, the living room, kitchen, um, the master suite, these are the areas that are really going to sell the house. But even when, you know, a property has some spectacular, you know, uh, property around it or views, you want to be able to capture all that because buyers are essentially in the process of elimination. You know, they're only going to buy one house typically. So they're going out there putting their list together and they're, they don't want to, they don't want to you know, most buyers don't want to tour, you know, a million homes if they think they can narrow it down to a small list. So you want to do everything you can to help these potential buyers, you know, see all the great things about this property so that makes the list and they might get out there and see it. How many photographs do you ask the photographer to take and what's the cost and the turnaround time? Uh, I don't, I don't have a, you know, a specific number. It, It depends on the size of the house. And when I buy the uh, photos, uh, I'm buying them in a package with the video. I do a video on every property that I list, and I want to say our prices for those um, are ranging from two to three hundred dollars, depending on the size of the house. With you know the larger houses being a little bit more extensive and being closer to three, and if I wanted to add some drone footage on top of that, that'd be probably another hundred dollars or so. 
So that just depends. Uh, in the big picture, it's very affordable. Um, you know, and I think that there are probably, there's probably not uh, a company in every city that could do that for that price. But, you know, in my case, there wasn't anyone doing that. So I have found some guys and that would be my advice to someone working in a market that doesn't have that as an option is rather than doing it yourself, finding, I mean, there are so many people that have cameras and video equipment and enjoy, you know, figuring out how to use them. And, and I'm sure there are some agents who really are good at that and that's great for them. But for most of us, you know, find it's worth the time to find someone who's really skilled at it because along with doing this kind of media for my houses, I also started in my first year doing some video type things, um, you know, myself, you know, like having, uh, having our, our video guy make a professional looking video of me, you know, talking in front of the camera about, you know, renting versus buying, you know, buying versus renting and, and also how, how to think about buying an investment property. And I remember those were a couple of the videos I did my first year. And that was after probably the first six months of making this media on my own. I found these guys and we started doing it professionally. And that's a big pillar of, of what I would encourage people to think about. Let's come back to that. The photos on the home, what, what's the turnaround time that you're typically expecting from the time you hire it to the time that you get the photos? Uh, 24 hours. About 24 hours. So that's pretty quick. Same day, yeah, same day, ideally, uh, for the photos or 24 hours, uh, no longer than that. Um, and what we typically tell a seller is that, um, you know, if we, if we shoot the media on Tuesday, we can have it on the market on Wednesday. That's usually what we're able to do. You mentioned the photos. How about the video of the houses? What's happening there? Yeah, so this is really, I mean, one of the pillars of my marketing that I'm just such a believer in and have seen results, you know, daily, weekly on this and uh, really, really, really get a lot of reach online. Um, so really what we're doing is just having a professional. And there is there is a difference between a videographer and a photographer. Uh, some people can do both well, but it is two different skills. It's hard to teach someone who has done video, but hasn't done photography, you know, how to take photos and, and vice versa. So this is someone who knows how to use and edit, um, you know, a video camera and video footage. So what they typically do is they'll, they'll go in through the house with a, a glide cam or something that enables them to walk through the house and, and it's seamless. It doesn't look like someone's, you know, walking. It looks more like it's on some kind of track and, um, and you just get a really good high quality, you know, presentation of the house. It's a little bit different than just scrolling through pictures when you can see panning shots of a room, when you can see them go down the hallway and turn into the master. You know, uh, this is not like a super elaborate thing and that most of these videos are going to be just, you know, one and a half to three minutes long because it's, it's mostly a marketing and engagement piece to get people interested to inquire and to ultimately come see the house. But, um, but doing this in a way that's professional really makes these homes stand out. So, and we don't do any kind of like Photoshop or editing or altering the video besides, you know, correcting for lighting or things like that. I mean, the homes are what they are, but when you use a really high quality camera and someone who knows how to use it, it's amazing how nice a lot of these videos turn out. And the sellers usually say, Oh my gosh, is that really my house? 
Um, and they're <laughs> typically, you know, they're very pleased with it. One of the most amazing things that I started seeing happening was that, and this, this probably I I've been, I've been posting like these videos on YouTube and Facebook from the beginning, along with videos I make, you know, of myself where I'm doing different kinds of marketing things, you know, like neighborhood videos or talking about different buying programs or things like that. I'll post these things on YouTube and Facebook, but, um, with the videos, I, uh, I started, um, a Facebook business page, which I, I'd kind of avoided doing that for a couple of years. Cause my thought process was, well, you know, most of my business is going to come from my sphere. So that's going to come from my personal page and kind of in tune with my personal feelings about soliciting. Like I, I never really wanted to send people that email that said, Hey, come and like my business page, please. You know, uh, which is nothing wrong with that. It's just, like I said, it's personal. I just didn't want to do that. So I, I finally started a business page to kind of go along with my website that I was starting, which was homes for sale San Angelo. And I think this was probably, it was probably, um, the, uh, somewhere in 2014 that I started that website, this homes for sale San Angelo, something kind of generic. Uh, cause I, I was thinking, Hey, I'm going to try to get some of that Google. That's a common, commonly searched phrase. I'm going to try to, you know, do some SEO and search engine optimization and, and get some Google traffic on my site, which actually never really took off. But I started the Facebook page just as a supplement to that thinking, okay, I've got this website. I should have a Facebook page with the same name, Homes for Sale San Angelo, which now I think you could start it with, you know, you, it, it could be Benjamin Beaver real estate agent. It could be anything like that, but that's just happens to be what I called it. And on there, I would post these videos and, um, and I would, you know, do a little promotion or boost them. You know, you could, you could boost them for as little as $20 if you want to for however many days, and they'll get a certain amount of views. You can select a certain geographic area. Um, you know, it's neat that you can do that kind of stuff. And I remember uh, I had been doing this, like I said, on my personal page and had some success and definitely gotten business from it. And it was, it was a good, it was part of my, part of my strategy, but it really went up to another level when I started this business page and I started boosting these posts. I remember I took over one listing um, you know, it was maybe $250,000 listing. It was a property on 12 acres. It was pretty neat. It was North of San Angelo a little bit. It had been on the market for six months with another agent and expired. And they, uh, contacted me and asked me to, to list it. And, uh, and I, it was really a pretty neat property. I was surprised it hadn't sold. Um, and, and we had some really high quality media done, which had not been done on that property before. And then within just a few days, uh, started getting, you know, 10, 15, 20 people were commenting, tagging other people on the videos, like, hey, look at this property, um, which now happens every time. I mean, uh, all day, every day, I'm getting notifications of people commenting on these videos. And typically when they comment, they're tagging other people, which just gets a ton of exposure on my page and for my brand. But it was that particular house, I remember that, within four days, we had thousands of views. We had, and that was even maybe before I started boosting the post, we, we had thousands of views and two offers, which is really what you're trying to do. And, um, and which was amazing because this, this is a property that had been available for six months 
And now it has two offers, I think, because people were able to see it for what it was. And like, hey, this really is a pretty neat place. And, um, and, and that helped me to believe in that strategy a little bit more. And, and since then, I've, I've invested more and more into trying to do it well. Well, Benjamin, we're going to talk about that boosting process and those ads in just a second. I want to go back to the, the core basics of the video itself that you're producing. A couple questions. How long is it? Do you have intro? Do you have an extra? How is it branded? Is there a call to action? A lot of questions there, but describe the particulars of inside that video. Sounds like it's a walk through the property, but what else is inside that video? Yeah, so it's very simple. And, uh, and the way I like to do it, I don't do an intro. I dive straight in. So, you know, because the way, cause the way Facebook works now, um, or really any online platform, but say you're, say you're scrolling through Facebook and you got this video, this video, um, and not copy pasted YouTube link because that will not automatically start playing. But now if you upload a video directly to Facebook, it'll just start playing in someone's newsfeed. So, that's, that's kind of what you want to happen. You want it to catch their eye. And real estate is one of those things. Everyone is some, to some degree interested. You know, whether you're in the market or not, it's interesting seeing these especially well-done videos of homes. People tell me all the time, I watch every video you post. And I'm like, really, why? <laughs> they, they're not in the market, but they just like to. There's, you know, people, there's a certain level of, of just interest that everyone has in real estate. So it's very passive. Video is the most passive form of online engagement. And everyone knows that whether we've articulated it or not, you know, when we're, when we're just relaxing or killing time and scrolling, you know, through social media on your phone and a video just starts playing, like you don't even have to click on it. All you have to do is stop scrolling. That's, that's how easy it is um, to get someone's attention in this way. So then it just goes, it goes right into the video with some, uh, you know, starting out with some of the more spectacular shots in the very beginning. And then it goes into a walkthrough of the property. I keep my remarks very simple. You know, just a couple things about the property. I don't even say the address cause the address is on the video. If anyone's more interested, they'll see it there. We put a link to the details, uh, like NLS details in the comments so for anyone who's interested, you can find all the info right there. But on the post itself, I keep it simple. A couple of neat things about the property, you know, four bed, two and a half bath, you know, uh, nice open concept, big yard, something like that, you know, 269,000. And then, um, and then, you know, a link to my home sale, website. And then, and then there's the video and, and what happens now, every time we post one of these things, almost immediately is uh, people just start commenting, tagging other people. That's like 98% of what the comments are is people tagging other people, uh, which we can talk about in a minute about the power of, uh, of creating content that people want to show other people. Because that's ultimately a really, really great thing to do. But the videos themselves are just walkthrough tours of the property, starting out with a couple shots of the more impressive features, and then just a quick walkthrough, one and a half, you know, 90 seconds to three minutes. We really try not to make any of them longer than that, you know, because online you are just a click away from anything else. You want to do your best to, you know, stay engaging. And, and of course, if people want more information, they can contact us or come see the house. 
Now, a quick word from our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. On the walkthrough, on the final cut, are you walking through the property quickly, slowly? Is it normal walking speed? Have you sped it up so that it can be done in that short period of time? We typically don't really speed it up. It's, it's, it's pretty much normal walking speed. It's a, it's a pretty smooth flow. Sometimes we will speed up if there's like a long hallway or if you're turning into a room, they do some cool camera tricks where it like zips into another room and then you're there. You know, or sometimes it'll just cut and all of a sudden you're outside and here's the outside of the house. But for most of the walkthrough tour, you're, it's going to be normal walking speed mixed with panning shots um, of the room just to give people a good sense of the property. And of course, you always want to do a good job showing off the more impressive features of the house, which are different in every property, but usually the kitchen, um, usually the master suite, living area, and any, anything desirable on the exterior outside. At the end of the video, is there a trailer with a, say a, some type of call to action? Yeah, the end is just real simple, just with uh, our contact information, our website. Um, so the main thing that I think you know these things do for us is the same thing that the billboard did, you know, back in the beginning. Is it's just that in the back of someone's mind is like, oh, this this is the real estate hub right here. You know, uh, if I if I have questions about real estate, I'm going to talk to these people. Um, you know, and we do get a lot of people like messaging us asking about, Hey, how do I, what do I need to do to buy a home? Or, Hey, I, I want to talk about putting my house on the market. You know, we get, we get a lot of that, uh, now. Um, so we do get that direct engagement, but I think, think for the most part, people tell me all the time. I mean, yesterday, you know, or even today, actually, um, someone, you know, behind the counter somewhere I was checking out, was like, Hey, I, I subscribe to your page. I watch your videos all the time, you know, and, and she, they're building a house. They, they're not in the market, but it's another one of those things where it's, it's just, that's just that branding of just people knowing who you are, knowing this is what you do. And if they have the perception that you do it well, you know, you're more likely to get a referral or get their business someday. Let's talk now about how you take that video. You mentioned that you're posting it and then you're promoting it, you're boosting it. Let's talk about the post itself, get down into those particulars you got the video, it's there, it'll automatically start playing. What type of text are you adding to that post? Do you like a lot of text, a lot of description, a little bit? What's in there? I keep it simple. I keep it very simple. I, I, I think anyone who wants more of the nitty-gritty details can easily click on links that we have in the comments, and they can get more details. They can get all the MLS details. But for the post, and, and this is in line with kind of my general strategy on all things marketing is, is, um, is very simple. So it's just, you know, four bed, two bath, this neighborhood, maybe some other feature close to park, open floor plan. Uh, cause they're going to see the video. I mean, you don't have to tell them a lot about it. And then the price, cause every, if you don't put the price, that's, you'll get 10 questions right away. What's the price? What's the price? What's the price? So I put the price always because you can always revise the post if you reduce the price later. You can do a new post um, with the new price later. But in, in the post where I initially upload the video, I will always 
uh, put the price in there, and then just a few details. Keep it as simple as possible. And then in the MLS, for the MLS details, we just have a link in the comments for that. So, you know, if anyone wants to know the exact square footage or, you know, school districts, anything like that, that will be, that, that'll be there for them. But the main idea, you know, is because most people are not interested in all of that. Most of your, you know, and even your, your particular buyer that you're trying to reach, you know, you want to be able to reach that person without turning off everyone else because they're so annoyed with, your wordy posts, you know, this is a very clean, subtle thing that people are not embarrassed to tag other people in, you know, if your post was super lengthy and, you know, uh, and not that visually appealing, people will be less likely to want to share it or tag other people in it, um, which liking is good. Commenting is better. The share is the ultimate form of consumer engagement. When someone shares your post, that's them saying, this is cool. I want to put this on my feed and show other people this post. So that's, if you're getting a lot of shares, you know you're doing something right. Did you say you are or are not including the address in that text message, the, the text on the post? I don't put the address in the text because the address is on the, like in the intro of the video, it'll be some, some nice shots of the better parts of the property. It's like a couple seconds, just boom, boom, boom. Then uh, uh, the address and the address will rest on there for, you know, a couple minutes or no, sorry, not a couple minutes, a couple seconds, and then it'll go on into it. So the, it, for anyone watching the video, they will see the address and the address is there with the MLS link in the comments. So I don't even put that there. I keep it, I keep it really simple. So in the post, you have basic text, basic information, bed, bath, maybe neighborhood, just some quick and price, some quick info. Yep. You got the video that starts up. And then you mentioned that you have comments that, that you've gone in after the fact, after you posted it, you've ad immediately yep. add comments that then have links that go out to where you want people to, to take some action. Tell us, what are those links that you're adding there in the comments? You said one will go to the MLS, to the posting in the MLS. Where else do they go? Yeah, mostly it's just that. Sometimes I'll put links like, hey, learn about getting a pre-approved for a loan here. You know, you can do another comment with another link about getting approved. Every now and then if it's, you know, I have some videos that I've made about neighborhoods, I can comment with one of those videos that pertains to the neighborhood where that property is. I don't do that consistently, but that is something I have done before. Um, the main thing is you want people to be able to get all, like say someone is interested in like, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in this house. What do I do? Well, they can either contact you directly on there because social media is a direct engagement platform, which is really cool. They can contact you right there, which is sometimes a little different than some of the websites that, you know, kind of, you know, take a, a longer roundabout way of getting that contact, you know, if they have to fill out some kind of online form and wait to hear back from you, that feels a little different to people than being able to message you right there. Um, so we, we, you know, we get that engagement, but also if someone is interested and wants to know more, we want them to have a link to the details of the property that, and so, so the main thing is having that link um, that gives them all those MLS details and it takes them to our website. When you're putting this post in, are you doing a regular post on your business page or are you going into the back end and to say the power editor and really doing the post up first before it hits your page? 
I just do a direct post on the business page. So we'll just upload the video and we'll just put in our remarks and boom, we'll post it. It's, it's very, uh, very simple. How about when you do the boost on the post, who are you targeting? Are you targeting just the people that have liked your page? Are you going out beyond that? How are you narrowing in the targeting of where this post will be boosted? Yeah, good question. So for the most part, I'm going to try to target the most likely buyer um, age group. And, and a lot of times I won't really filter it that much. It'll be maybe 22 and then the highest one is 65 plus, which will go all the way up to any age there is. Um, sometimes if it's, if it's more of, um, you know, uh, if it's a real higher end property, I might bump the age from 22 on up. Not, not because there can't be a 22 year old, you know, millionaire, but because when you're marketing, you're spending money to try to get the best bang for your buck. So you want to, you know, you might, you might bump up the age a little bit so that majority of your post is boosted to, you know, a, a certain demographic. Uh, you can boost to certain areas. If it's a more rural property, I'll probably take a much wider scope and get a lot of the small surrounding areas around San Angelo. But for the most part, I'll do a pretty generic sort of citywide, uh, you know, generic age range. You know, you, you do want to make sure you're limiting it on age because with a lot of social media users being sub 20 years old, you know, uh, th these are not your buyers for the most part. So you don't want to waste your money boosting to teenagers who have no interest in buying a house. You know, you, you definitely want to at least do a basic filter on that. When you put a listing out there, do you have a budget that you set for this boost? Um, yeah. And so that'll depend on the property. You know, uh, when I started out, I might do as little as $20. Now I usually do at least 50 for the initial boost. And now this is per post. So this isn't like I'm going to spend only $50 marketing this property on Facebook for, for as long as I have it. This is just maybe for five days. I'll do, you know, which is $10 a day. Um, and that's, that's a pretty common amount that I'll do for marketing a property. If it's really spectacular or something different, I might, I might, you know, uh, I might do, you know, uh, twice that much and cause you can always boost it again or add to the budget. Uh, but just to start getting it out there, I'll, I'll usually do that. You're typically doing video. You also mentioned you have these professional photographs. Have you tested doing one of those photo slideshows that goes across versus the video? Yes, and, and I, I think there's a huge difference, honestly. Like the, the engagement we get, because there are some of those things out there that I see um, that, that kind of, you know, it's like they, they make a video with the photos and if the photos are nice it can look nice but it still pales in comparison to an actual video from someone who knows how to use video equipment and i think a lot of times this comes down to um you know people you know the things we all choose to engage with online are in some way a reflection of us so the better the content is uh the more people are going to be willing to engage with it um, because when the content's not that great, you don't really want to be seen engaging with it. You know, it might be some level of embarrassment or there's just not that draw. Uh, whereas if it's something very visually appealing and if it's well done, I think people are more likely to engage with it. So that's just my own guess at why these types of videos get a lot more engagement, but I know that they do. 
you're getting the engagement, you're getting people to share, uh, you're getting people to tag other people. How are those leads coming back to you? At one point, you mentioned uh, the messaging. How are people contacting you from the videos, from the posts? So lots of different ways. Um, The most obvious from the post is, you know, they can comment right there on the post. It's like, hey, I, I want more information. Or can I arrange a showing? I mean, we get those kind of comments. And so we have to do a good job monitoring our page. Um, and, it, it, you know, that takes a little bit of effort because 98% of these comments are just people tagging people. And I don't, I don't get involved in, you know, try to solicit people that are having a conversation with someone else. But when they ask us a question, we have to be ready to answer them. And you have to answer them pretty quickly. I mean, that's the culture that we live in, which is probably another pillar that we haven't talked about, which is, you know, having ways to communicate quickly and effectively, because that's, that is the culture that we live in, like it or not. That's what people expect now. It's a cultural norm. So, you know, commenting directly on the post, messaging us in Facebook, uh, if they happen to have gone to our website, then it'll be the more classic. They can they can call us. We have a call now button on our page. They can click that and call it. And then just like finding us on any website, you know, there's got the email and the phone option. Uh, so they come in from every different arena. You know, the leads come from everywhere. So you have to kind of figure out how to prioritize and respond to them. You mentioned that you don't do just one posting of a property. How many postings do you do? Do you do, say, one posting a week until it sells, or or what's your strategy there? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I don't have a uniform strategy. I think it depends on the property. It depends on, you know, how much help it really needs getting engagement. I probably would do more like a boost every two weeks. Uh, You know, I'll boost it for a few days, let it rest for a little while, maybe boost it for a few more. If we reduce the price, I'll definitely repost it with the new price, um, probably closer to every two weeks uh, that I'm going to to do that for, because I'm not just going to spend money every day boosting every post. I mean, that, that would, you have to try to be strategic with the way you spend your marketing dollars. Um, but probably the quickest would be every two weeks, maybe sometimes a little bit longer. And those amounts can vary. You know, you can, you, you can add $5 to it if you just want to get it out there a little bit more, or you could add 500, you know, if you really wanted to. Um, but usually any given time, it's going to be relatively low, low budget. These are, you know, I've, I've actually experimented with putting expensive listings on TV and doing different things like that. Uh, this is not near as big a commitment. You can spend as little or as much as you want to, and that's one of the reasons I like it. When you do the uh, the boost on one of these properties, did you say you're trying to get it out there as quickly as possible? You want it to run through that budget, say, in 24 hours? Or do you want it to spread that over time, over, say, that two-week period, and it just kind of drips it out? No, usually I'll boost it for like five days. It'll be the, uh, We'll post it, and I'll do a boost you know, shortly after, like for the first five days. So we get a good marketing push when we first put it on the market, try to get some engagement, Um, you know, because another, another piece to that that goes along with it is when people, you know, come across the post and they see that it has thousands of views and they see that a lot of people have engaged with it, that helps the seller by creating a little bit of a sense of urgency for anyone who may be interested in the property 
and just it's the opposite of the of, of feeling like a property is stagnant you know which is never good so when people see that engagement which i so i want to get some engagement right away but i will probably just boost it for five days or so to start out and then um and then and then let it let it rest for a little bit you mentioned that it's a imperative that you get a quick response back to folks when they contact you. Who is monitoring all these different ways that they could come in? For instance, the messaging and those comments. Are you monitoring that all the time? Is someone in your team helping you monitor that? Do you, do you somehow get a notification when it comes in? How do you know when those messages and comments and items are coming in that you have to reply back to and who's doing it? Yeah. So in the beginning, it was of course all me. I was alone in the beginning. Um, it was probably um, it was probably eighteen months before I hired my first assistant. Um, and now, like who does it today is usually not me. It's usually um, either my teammate Jenny or uh, or our office manager Andriana. So Andriana, um, who's more um, like a office admin, one of her jobs is to monitor the social media, to, to scan over comments and make sure we're answering questions. Um, Jenny will get most of the leads that come in online, you know, via uh, our website, Zillow, um, realtor.com, or, you know, any of these other platforms, Trulia, where people are finding the homes and just sending one of those inquiries about it. Most of those will go to Jenny most of the social media stuff will be picked up by Andriana. So you, you just want to have a platform for, you know, you don't have a system for responding. You want people to know if it's their job to do this or not. Um, Facebook though is really easy. You know, if you have the pages app, which I will highly recommend if you have a business page, it's called pages. It's made by Facebook and it's for managing your business page. I don't even use like the classic Facebook app. Um, because honestly, I, I'm not, I'm not really that active on Facebook just as an individual, but as a business, uh, I monitor that app quite a bit and we will all get notifications of comments and messages, um, when, when people engage on, on the page. So all of us are admins, we'll all see them, but Andriana is, it's her job to make sure we don't let any of them slip through the cracks. I'd like to go back now and finish up video. You mentioned you're also doing videos of yourself uh, talking to the screen or giving information. Tell us more about what those videos are and how you're putting them out there in order to generate leads. Sure. Yeah, I do a lot of those. Um, probably not as often as I would like to or as I should, but I, uh, I, really, I really enjoy doing, you know, whether it's, you know, what we call like a market expert video where it's just, you know, me giving some, you know, uh, info about the market. I have these goofy little videos that I do called drinking coffee with Benjamin, where I have a little branded intro and I will, um, you know, which you can see on my YouTube channel. And, uh, and I have like a playlist of those videos where I'm either talking to lenders, talking to appraisers, you know, do, doing different little things where we're giving people info about, you know, the, the market or maybe different programs for buying. Also, I've got uh, some neighborhood profile videos where I'll do a quick 
profile on different neighborhoods, which are particularly helpful to people who are new to the area and trying to learn about the different options and price ranges in different neighborhoods. So that's going to be a playlist. Um, also, I have, you know, what we might call a promotional video. So I have, you know, three or four of these where it's like, like a little 30 second commercial, essentially. Um, so, you know, you've got the one that you and I were talking about earlier that it's like Benjamin Beaver eats lunch for breakfast and, and <laughs> you're right, you know, with the British accent. And then, um, and then I've got some, uh, some, some others that are kind of like that, like promotional type, um, which, which are good and you have to do those. But, uh, one, if I was going to give advice to someone who was just getting started on those type of videos it is it, your best bang for your buck is having a professional help you make a video where you are creating content that people will want to share with other people. So like one of the most shared videos I've made is when we talked about, you know, a down payment assistance program or grant program for peace officers, firefighters, teachers, you know, something like that. So it's me talking with a lender about this program or another that's just a more general down payment assistance grant that's available. You know, there are these types of programs in, in, in the area, although the two I just mentioned are probably Texas specific. I, I'm sure every state has different you know, different programs that you could talk about, you know, with a lender, because that's their area of expertise. Um, so, you know, maybe something that they would even help you with the cost of creating, because um, it's, it's advertisement for them too. So, and, but, but the main thing is people will see that and they're like, oh, so-and-so needs to know about this. I want to tell my sister, I want to tell my friend about this. So you'll get a lot of shares, you'll get a lot of engagement and, and, and the, and the, and the subtle message behind all this is, is branding. It's like, Oh, this is, this is the guy. These are the people I need to talk to if I need to buy a house. Um, but what you're doing is you're creating content that is actually helpful to people. And that's why they're sharing it. That's why they're engaging with it. You know, they're not doing me a favor. They're trying to, you know, help someone else. So if you could create content that is helpful, you know, that is pretty inexpensive to create. And the more shares and engagement you get, that's free. You know, the exposure you get from that, you don't have to pay for that. So um, the more of that you can create, the better. So you're posting these helpful videos on YouTube. And if so, how often are you doing that? Yeah, YouTube and Facebook. Um, so, I, you know, I'll, cre I'll upload them to YouTube. You can create playlists. You know, we do this with homes that we list, those videos, and we also do them with these various promotional type videos. And I don't have a regular system for how often I do them, except I just have a value that I need to try to not go too long without doing them. You know, sometimes I might sit down and film, you know, bring five different shirts and film five of them at a time. I usually don't do that many, but maybe two or three you know, bring a different shirt and, you know, uh, and then, then you, you know, knock a couple out and you can slow release them if you want to. Um, but the, one of the things you want to do is you want to create a YouTube channel that has, um, a lot of content because there's, there's a couple different reasons why you want to do that. You know, Google for one will prioritize video of, of, over other types of content in searches. You know, Google owns YouTube. YouTube is the second largest search engine. And so you want to have these short, specific type videos where you're giving info about 
you know, the market or what you do, um, or even your promotional videos so that if people stumble across, they get the impression that, Oh, this, this, this person you know, knows what they're doing. You know, they have a lot of content, they have a lot of knowledge, whether it's true or not, you know, uh, on how much knowledge you have versus how much you're perceived to have, you, you will do a, a better job at, you know, getting engagement with people when you have a, a lot of, you know, content. So, rather than making like a 10 minute video where you talk about three different topics, make three, you know, shorter videos where you break those down specifically and then can title them specifically because that will come across better. People are more likely to discover them on YouTube and you can also upload them to Facebook like you do with the other posts. I just took a quick look here at your YouTube channel. Everybody should take a look. And they just go and they find Benjamin Beaver, and I typed in Benjamin Beaver Real Estate, and that's how I found it. I'd like them to hear this intro video. They can only hear the audio, but it's it's pretty funny. Can we do that for a quick sec? Okay. Yeah, here it goes. I don't know how well you'll hear it, uh, but let's go ahead and try it. When he wakes up in the morning, Benjamin Beaver eats lunch for breakfast because he doesn't like to waste time. In fact. Benjamin guarantees your home sold in seven hours or longer. He is currently in the top 10 Coldwell Banker agents in Texas for units sold and was recently voted best real estate agent on the planet by his mother. Benjamin Beaver, don't call him. He'll call you after you call him first. <laughs> Benjamin, that was great. That was, that was pretty humorous. It looks like you like to use a lot of humor in your video. Is that true? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's just a part of my personality. I have a pretty stupid sense of humor, uh, <laughs> you know, never grew up in some of those ways. And that's, you know, I think you have to try to do this job in a way that is true to who you are. And for me, it happens to be a stupid humor is part of who I am. Just looking down through your page, you've got, you've got sections, you've got tour of homes, you've got Drinking coffee with Benjamin Beaver. You were mentioning that earlier. You got neighborhoods of San Angelo. You got agent resource videos, Benjamin Beaver and team. So you got a lot of sections in there, a lot of videos, a lot of views. That's pretty neat. So you're doing at least a couple different sources. You're putting these inside of Facebook, and then you're also putting up up on your own YouTube channel. Are you promoting the YouTube channel, or are you just using those so that you can put them up on your website and they'll have a player. I actually don't promote the YouTube videos. I, I tried that and, and it may be a good strategy that I just haven't figured out yet. But um, uh, w when I tried that, I just didn't see the results. Uh, you know, you can like boost a video on YouTube and you can get a lot of views, but I never had a way of knowing who was viewing it, who was engaging with it. So that may still be something that is worth doing, but I, I, I don't do it. I haven't figured out how to do it well, like I do with Facebook, where we get a lot of this direct engagement, people interacting with other people. Um, that by far is, is a better platform for that. But yeah, YouTube is, is like the, the, the hosting place. It's like the, the landing page for, you know, you can take these videos and embed them into your website. So you can do that, you know, from YouTube. I think you can do it from Vimeo also, but like you can take a YouTube video and just copy paste the embed code into the HTML of your site, which is way easier than it sounds. Um, and then you can have like some of these market videos embedded on your site or some of your promo videos embedded on your site so that people 
who are on your website can click and watch you in a video. Let's switch gears real quick, and I want to ask you about your past clients' sphere of influence, repeating referrals. I know that's a, a big part of your business. Uh, how big is your database of past clients and sphere of influence? Well, you know, it's funny that you asked me that uh, because I, I am not good at keeping what's called a, uh, you know, CRM. I think that stands for Contact Resource Management. But, like, this just goes to show that anyone at any level of success still has a lot of learning to do because I was actually on a panel once um, and and someone asked a question like, what's your CRM? And I, I didn't even know what that was. And I have not had like a good system for, you know, uh, reaching out to past clients. So I get a lot of referrals, you know, if people were happy with our service, but I don't have like drip marketing campaigns. I don't have consistent ways of reaching out to them. I actually think I should, and we're working on creating that right now, but uh, I, I'm definitely not the poster boy for a great CRM. So I, although I get referrals, it's, it's more to do with, you know, ending on a good note on transactions and less to do with my excellent system for how I reach my past clients. My guess is you're actually keeping a database in Facebook, and that's the method that you're using to track and to contact them. Is that true? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely true that even when the deal is done, we're a constant presence in our past clients' lives and minds, uh, you know, just via, via the, the marketing that we do uh, because it's, it, it's, it's that way. I mean, you can't really get away from it even if you want to. It's, it's there. So, I mean, people, you know, I think one of the goals of marketing is to be on the mind of the, you know, consumer or customer at the time where they need your service, you know, so having that remembrance factor, I mean, we're definitely getting that with, you know, perspective and past clients, you know, we're not having to, you know, necessarily mail or email them something for them to remember what we do. And that's just part of my marketing platform. Although I do think we could be doing a lot better job um, with that. And actually, hopefully, you know, if we talk again in a year, I'll have a better answer to that. And again, my perspective is you're doing that through a lot of that through Facebook, probably because you're in a small community. Yeah. As you mentioned, you're able to go out to a lot of people at once. Sure. If you were in a, a city of 2 million, it'd be much harder to do that, but you can do yeah, it with a hundred thousand. One quick thought there, and I'll just throw it out to you and the other folks listening. My only concern for you is that if Facebook changes its terms of service, which is done many times in the past, and dramatically changes the way you can contact them or the cost that you have to pay, uh, it might be really advantageous to you to have that database for a backup method of staying in touch with your people through either direct mail or email or phone calls or some other method. Yes. For sure. I think, I think you're exactly right. And, and we are, we are developing a CRM right now. I just, I just don't have a, a big track record of experience for it yet. And I love that. I love that you've been so successful and you're not using traditional yeah. tools. You're using what's right. working for you. And I love, I think yeah. that's fantastic. Again, my only caution is you might want to have something as a backup that you can quickly put into place if Facebook changes the way they do things. Yeah, I think you're completely right. 
Let's switch gears now and talk about your team. You closed, uh, what was it, 194 transactions last year. You must have a massive team of people helping you do that. Could you tell us who's on your team? Yeah, so really it's it's probably less than what you think. Um, what we have is we're not we're not a traditional team, whereas, you know, a team is maybe, you know, listing agent and some buyer's agents and things like that. For my structure, it really is just me as the practicing agent, although I do have two now what we call licensed assistants. So, um, and they are actually, uh, for the most part, stay-at-home moms because um, they can do their jobs from home. Andriana, uh, my office uh, administrator, she comes into the office and handles the things that need to be done in that way. But even she doesn't have, you know, set hours. It's more of set responsibilities. Uh, Jenny, um, who is one of my, you know, uh, licensed assistants, her primary job is all things communication um, and kind of thought of, kind of thought of that position, um, at a, at a leadership conference at one time, uh, and I was thinking about, you know, what would it be like to have, you know, the equivalent of a loan processor, but for real estate transactions and someone to really kind of keep the ball moving and knows, and she's really become much more than that to where she does all things, all things communication, you know, with our, with our clients. And Kaylee, who is another licensed assistant, is more of all things paperwork, you know, um, so she will, she's in charge of making sure all our files are complete with all the different paperwork we have to have, uh, you know, which is quite a bit these days with our regarding to listings, buyer rep agreements or contracts. And uh, we use a system called Dot Loop, which is probably pretty familiar to a lot of agents, which is, is a pretty good system for keeping everything in a central hub. And both Jenny and Kaylee also do showings. Um, they don't you know, they, we all work together in a team, but they're not your traditional buyer's agents. I'm still going to be um, the one handling the transaction, but they get paid per showing. Um, and that's the way we do that. So, you know, they have that incentive to it. And it's never mandatory. You know, it's not part of their job that they have to go out and show this many homes. Um, but it's, it's voluntary and they've loved having that way to pick up, uh, you know, extra income. But for both of them, you know, they did not have necessarily the desire to be, you know, agents on their own and, uh, and have that kind of business model because of their priorities in their lives. They wanted the freedom of being able to work from home uh, and the freedom of being able to make some extra money at their, at their leisure as far as doing showings and that kind of thing. And it's, so far, it's been a really great, really great system, great for them and, and good for me. If I understand correctly, you're taking all the listings. You are also spearheading the buyers as the uh, buyer's agent. And then your licensed assistants are doing administrative tasks and occasionally driving some buyers around to do a few showings. But you're doing all the contract negotiating on all 194 transactions last year. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and and it, it, it is a team effort. Like it, and, and really, I think if, uh, if there's anything that is kind of goes hand in hand with the other things that have made things uh, successful for me is infrastructure. It's kind of figuring out a way to, to everyone have their division of responsibilities 
and to be able to meet the objective with, you know, um, without wasted extra effort, you know, and part of what really changed my life in my very first year of real estate, which other agents just have not had the luxury of is, is all these electronic signature platforms that we have. I mean, I, I did have a few months before I got into that when I first started. And I remember driving across town to get someone to sign an amendment because nobody has a scanner, you know, that dream client who has a scanner is usually few and far between who can actually print, scan, sign the document. But now, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's industry norm for everyone that, I mean, we have electronic signatures on things. So, I mean, the fact that people can sign anything anywhere from their phone um, and that we can originate those documents from anywhere, anytime. And the fact that we can do that has changed the industry and it definitely has changed, you know, or, you know, my business model would not be possible without that. Jenny and Kaylee would not be able to work from home and take care of their kids if they were having to run around town all the time. And they do have the option like to do these showings. And, and like I said, I, the way I do that is I will go ahead and just pay them per house at that time. So whether a deal closes or not, that's a way for them to make extra money. Before I had them to do that, I was paying other agents in my office to do that. So that's been something that I've taken advantage of, you know, from, from pretty early on is I wanted to be able to say to my clients or prospective clients is like, Hey, I have a system for how to meet your needs. You know, you want to see a house, I'll make it happen. You know, whether I'm available or not, cause I can only be in so many places at once, but um, and, and I found, you know, every now and then you get that awkward scenario. It's like, wait, who, who am I working with? But believe it or not, that's very rare. Like for the most part, if you do a good job presenting it, people understand it's like, Hey, uh, you know, if you want to see this house, you know, and you want to see it today and I'm not available till tomorrow, I will get you in it today. And I've got this pre, you know, agreed upon arrangement with other, you know, typically newer agents in the office to, Hey, they just want to get out there and make a little bit of money and do a showing or, you know, I'll pay them per house. So uh, that's the way I did it for a long time. It wasn't until recently that Jenny and Kaylee who had been working with me as just assistants got their license and they got it for that reason. So they could, so they could have the option of making that extra money for doing showings. So that's different. That's a different way of doing it. But the reason is because I wanted to be able to meet the needs of customers and also take, you know, knowing that my time and ability to be somewhere is finite. So, um, so that was something I started doing, you know, with just newer agents, you know, once the agents picked up their business and started doing more and more on their own, they were less and less interested and available to do that. But there's, was pretty much a constant supply of newer agents who were interested in doing that. And, and I tried to pay them fairly for that, which is an investment on my end, but it's worth it because the client got to see the house, you know, got to see as many houses as they want. And then, and that doesn't mean that I'm not showing them some as well, but I have a system for how to get them in one way or another. How much are you paying per showing or per house? Yeah, it depends. Uh, probably the average is like $30 a house, you know? Um, and maybe, you know, I think we have a system for if they're going to show, you know, five houses all in one area, then it might be 30 for the first 20 for the next few. If the house is like kind of far and they have to drive, then it's going to be at least 50. If it's really far, it's going to be more than that. Um, but you know, 
usually when they get called out to go show, uh, you know, they have a way to make, you know, a pretty quick hundred dollars and then go back to what they were doing. Um, and, and that's why it worked pretty well when I had just, you know, more random agents helping with, with that. And it still works pretty well now that I have licensed assistants who are able to do that. Well, Benjamin, are you profitable? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's amazing how much money you can spend in marketing uh, if you're not watching it. And that's why I was saying, you know, you, you don't want to boost every post every day or, you know, you, you need to try to narrow your marketing to the things that are actually working for you. You know, I used to advertise in all kinds of different things, magazines, TV, everything, but I've kind of honed it down to the things that I can measure tangible results from. But yes, absolutely. Do you mind disclosing to us what your profit margin is? Yeah, sure. It's probably, um, it's probably close to 40 to 45%. Well, Benjamin, what drives you? I think enjoying, you know, I'm a people person. Real estate is a people business. I think I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy working with people. I also, um, I also have kind of that desire to innovate, you know, to kind of uh, create something or develop these systems that are, you know, I guess I kind of have some things in common with tinkerers or people who like to, you know, invent or create new things. Uh, I think even that's part of my, you know, personality type. If you take one of those 16 point quizzes or whatever, I, I enjoy that. I have those desires, some of those entrepreneurial desires. So real estate, believe it or not, fulfills a lot of those things for me. I have the ability to be independent. That's something that is important to me. Um, I have the ability to kind of take the lead with new initiatives and new ideas and try things and tons of things I've tried don't work at all, but you know, I had the freedom and ability to try them and also working with people. I think anyone in real estate has to enjoy that at least to a degree because that's really, it's, it's a communication business. So that's such a large part about what it is. And, um, and I, I feel very fulfilled also, you know, believe it or not, I, you know, I've got four kids and I get to see them a lot, you know, and I think that's, again, a part of the part of figuring out how to make the best use of your time and having systems in place so that needs can be met. Even when I'm not the one doing them at that time, um, uh, I am able to do that in this business and I'm able to be home and be present quite a bit. And that is definitely something that is important to me. Benjamin, I got to ask the question of 194 transactions in a year. You mentioned being home with your kids. What kind of hours are you working in a typical week? I think that's one of the appealing and great things about real estate. Maybe it's a double-edged sword, but you know, you you don't have to work set hours. You know, if you have systems for how we handle business, you know, you I don't have to go sit in front of a computer. I mean, I, I don't plan on seeing the office today, for instance. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going in. And if it happens to be a day where I don't have appointments then I'm free to, you know, work from wherever I am on, on that day. So a lot of times I will reserve, uh, weekends and evenings, uh, which may be like crazy for people in this business to think, how is that possible? 
Um, but I, you know, it's possible by having, having systems in place for how to get those things done, even when I'm not necessarily the one in person doing it, as long if I'm overseeing it and it's getting done, uh, then I get the luxury of, you know, being able to have evenings and weekends, which believe it or not, I, I do have those things. If you're going to advise a brand new agent just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first? I think it's important to figure out a way to do this job that you enjoy and that doesn't stifle who you are, but lets who you are, you know, be visible to others. You know, people, uh, if they see you enjoying what you do, find a way to enjoy it. If they see you enjoying what you do, that is attractive and ultimately that will cause them to want to work with you, whether that's to help them sell or buy. Because in my opinion, it is a people business. So people are attracted to you, yes, because you're competent and that's important, but, uh, but it's a very relational business, you know, helping someone either buy the place that they'll call home or sell the place that they've called home is a very, in a way, personal thing. They need to be able to relate to you and people are more likely to want to relate to you if you come across as really enjoying what you do. So if you're looking at a fork in the road, and these different methods of building your business and, and one of them, you know, you know, it's going to work, but it's not what you want to do. Uh, I would say press through and find a way that you enjoy because ultimately that those seeds will yield, uh, will yield better tasting fruit. Benjamin, do you think that top agent interviews like the one we're doing now with mastermind agent are valuable? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, it's getting an insight in the inner workings of, uh, of business of successful agents. And look, I know like for me and my business model, it would not work for everyone. And it's, you know, there may be bits and pieces that everyone could get something from, but, uh, you know, having a bank vault of these kind of things, you know, you listen to a few of these, you'll find someone you connect with, you'll take away some things. You're like, Oh man, I can learn from that. So, you know, I hope that our interview is able to do that to some degree with some of your listeners. But I know that, you know, just just as every person is different, you know, you have to take a different approach to business. There's not just one uniform way to do it. Well, Benjamin, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners? No, I think we've, I think we've been over the, the, the subjects that I have to offer. Well, Benjamin, you did cover a lot of territory in this call. You went into great detail about how you've used social media and video to build your brand, create engagement, and ultimately to generate buyer and seller leads that turn into business. You described specifically how you created, produced, and promoted your video house tours through boosted posts on Facebook. You've surrounded yourself with strong administrative people who help you achieve team goals and keep you in production at a high level. Thank you for sharing and being our top agent of the month. And join us next call when we talk to an agent who was part-time for two years before jumping in full-time and selling 170 homes in one year. Find out who he is on the next success call. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. 
Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.